Eons past, a monstrous hybrid of land and marine reptiles was sealed into a state of suspended animation, slumbering through the fall of dinosaurs and the rise of man. But awakened by an undersea nuclear test, the creature returned to life, now breathing the fires of radiation. Stan Lee presents Godzilla, King of the Monsters! The Comic Book Time Machine presents Marvel's Cosmic Comics, exploring Marvel's licensed sci-fi and fantasy during the Star Wars period. Episode number 115, with Dugan on the docks, Godzilla. Issue number 19, cover date, February 1979. Hello, and what is this? Yes, yes, this is Ben, Ben Avery, traveling back in time to 2017 to pick up the threads from where we left off with Godzilla comic book coverage. (laughs) What? What is this? What am I doing? You know, um, this is me just finding time, reading some comics, and recording about it, which is what Comic Book Time Machine and Marvel's Comic Comic Cosmic Comics has been all about. And so I'm back. Uh, went on vacation a little while ago, took a stack of comics with me. That stack included uh, some Human Fly, some Micronauts, some John Carter, some Shogun Warriors, uh, all these things that, you know what, we just, uh, we, uh, by we, I mean, me. I can't say anyone was clamoring for any of this that I'm going to be doing right now because I haven't gotten any feedback about that, although part of that might have to do with the amount of spam that the website has been hammered with. There might be some feedback out there. I don't know, but we got hammered with some massive amounts of spam. And uh, why? Well, because the WordPress admin uh, interface hasn't been looked at in a while. Um and when it did get looked at to publish the few episodes that we have published over the last year or so, um, it, it just didn't have time to deal with the spam. And the spam grew, like I said, to massive, massive amounts. Fortunately, I did find a WordPress, uh, actually two WordPress plugins that I could use to help take care of that. One of them allowed me to wipe out pending comments uh, site unseen so I didn't have to go through and click 20 at a time, select all. Marcus spam. Then the next 20, select all Marcus spam. Uh, and if anyone's wondering, you know, what those are, if you have problems with spam on your WordPress website, uh, I would be more than happy to tell you uh, the what I used. But that's not what this podcast episode is about. No, this podcast episode is about going through and reading Marvel's licensed comic books that they did uh, between the beginning and the end of the Star Wars Marvel Comics run. And I have to say, you know, part of it is just getting excited about Star Wars again with the new movie and the Mandalorian and all those things happening. Um, Part of it has been getting excited about Godzilla again. Uh, I did a guest host appearance on 
um, Monster Island Film Vault, where I was able to talk about some giant monster action. Now, that was not Godzilla. That was King Kong. But I still, uh, you know, it got me excited about that stuff. And uh, and then part of it was just like I said, uh, you know, having some little bit of extra time on vacation on my hands. Um, you know, one of the things I've always said on this podcast, especially, is that this podcast um, is a spare time podcast. And if I have other creative endeavors going on, this is the one that unfortunately suffers. Uh, the bad thing is that that means I'm not putting out episodes in this podcast, and that means people might be unsubscribing or forgetting that this even exists. And so when an episode does pop up in their subscription, they're wondering, what in the world is this? I thought they pod faded, um, which I do understand some people have thought about uh, the comic book time machine, uh, or uh, if you're listening to this on the Marvel's Cosmic Comics feed, which is just only this Marvel stuff, um, I can understand thinking that. I can understand feeling that. I can understand labeling that. Um, but on the flip side, this is my place where I get to come and talk about comics. And I don't really have that uh, in the same way because this is where I get to you know, read these comics that I enjoy and that maybe no one else does. But it goes out into the world and hopefully finds someone who does enjoy these comics. And so... Yeah, so here I am to talk about Godzilla uh, issue number 19 from 1978. Uh, Halloween, actually, 1978. So uh, clicking over to Mike's amazing world of comics. Uh, Godzilla number 19, publisher Marvel, cover date February 79, but on sale date October 31st, 1978. And the cover price is 35 cents. Uh, the writer, Doug Mensch, the penciler, Herb Trimpey, the inker, Daniel Green, the letterer, Shelley Lefferman, and the colorist, Ben Sean. And unfortunately for, for you, Ben, well, no, unfortunately for me, Ben, I am reading this from The Essential Godzilla, which I've talked about before. Great, great book. If you can find it at a great price, I wouldn't hesitate to pick this up. Um, in fact, I found it at cover price and I didn't hesitate to pick this up, but, um, sadly, Ben, I don't get to see your work. So Ben, Sean, if you are listening, which I highly doubt you are, but if you happen to be, I, I indeed am not able to see your, your colorist work. I can see the cover color work that was, uh, put out there and the, the cover is a doozy. You've got a, uh, human sized Godzilla, uh, struggling against Dum Dum Dugan and Gabe and a couple other of the, the cast. You got the scientists, you got John Woo, and uh, they are wrestling, grappling with him as he is struggling with them on the docks. There's a boat behind them. It says, Panic on the Pier. And uh, yeah, they, it's, a, it's a pretty dynamic cover. The only problem is, you know, looking at the cover, you know, one of the questions I want to ask is, you know, how does Godzilla look? Well, he doesn't look the greatest. And uh, the, way, uh, the way Gabe... Jones is riding on his back, uh, his little spines, spines, whatever you spins, spindles. I don't know what you would call those things on his back. Uh, I'm sure I've learned at some point or another, but um, he should have these really large ones on his back that would, you know, Gabe would have his leg on because uh, it would just be uncomfortable to be on Godzilla's back like this. Let's just, I'm just going to put it that way and I'm going to leave it that way. So that is our, our cover. 
And inside, we've got a, a story. Now, this story that we have inside, uh, just so you remember, he was shrunk down to 12 inches. He escaped because um, he was in a cage, and the cage was dropped, and he uh, jumped out, and he, he's been you know running around the sewers of New York in the last episode, the last issue, rather. Uh, and everyone's looking for him. And Rob, Rob, who is uh, the Kenny of the Godzilla comic book series, uh, has found him. And has confronted him. And I'm, I'm going to go ahead and read the uh, the first page's dialogue here. Not dialogue, uh, the first page's narration here. To kind of give just an idea of, of setting the scene. Because we have a splash page where Rob and Godzilla are staring at each other eye to eye, face to face. It says, when young Rob Takaguchi discovered Godzilla emerging from a New York City sewer drain one minute ago. The Leviathan, quote-unquote, stood 12 inches tall, but now, as the effects of Henry Pym's shrinking gas wear off in fits and starts, Godzilla has just grown to the same height as Rob himself. The same height, yes, but twice as heavy and ten times as ferocious. I'm assuming that's uh, twice as heavy and ten times as ferocious as Rob, because Rob isn't super ferocious. But back to the narration says the same height, yes, but twice as heavy and ten times as ferocious, posing the ominous question, was that growl merely a greeting or a signal of attack? And so from there, you move into Rob trying to coax Godzilla into following him. Um, he, he's <laughs> In my notes, I put it, it's the reach out and touch someone gambit, where he is just slowly, slowly reaching out. He touches Godzilla gently, and, and Godzilla chooses uh, friendship. And it is not a, uh, a signal of attack. It is, it is a greeting, indeed. And they walk together down the street. Uh, then we move from the reach out and touch someone gambit into the drunk guy trope. <laughs> and with the uh, the drunk guy uh, trope, you have a guy who is sitting on the curb. He is contemplating life. He is looking at the bottle. And Godzilla and Rob walk by. And as they walk by, he uh, throws the bottle down and says, better believe I don't need none of that. What I need is a cop. <laughs> so he runs to get the police. So Rob decides he's going to uh, get Godzilla out of there. Uh, meanwhile, you've got the uh, the movie hype excuse. Now, quickly, the, the movie hype excuse is when someone sees something that is super incredible and then they say, oh, sheesh, uh, must have been a flamethrower in that costume. Uh, the things they won't do these days to sell a movie, and that's what some uh, a horseback police officer says when he sees Godzilla. And um, the movie hype uh, trope is not unusual, not uncommon. I actually used it in a uh, book of my own. That would be the uh, Oz Wonderland Chronicles, which if you go to buymetoys.com, that is the publisher, and the publisher can uh, set you up with that. Or you can just look for it in back issue bins. But anyway, I did use the, the movie hype uh, thing. And actually, that ties in a little bit to uh, the King Kong that I was talking about earlier, the King Kong 1976 uh, version of King Kong, where Dino De Laurentiis said, uh, when Jaws die, no one cry. But when monkey die, people cry. And I actually used that quote in the Oz Wonderland Chronicles um, as someone was talking about what the beast was. They said... Uh, yeah, we were trying to do something like what Dino De Laurentiis was doing when he said that. So, Because Dino De Laurentiis built a life-size King Kong that was supposed to be robotic. Sadly, it did not work very well. 
and you can only see the robotic <laughs> movement of that Kong in like one split second. But anyway, um, we move from that trope to the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle trench coat disguise for Godzilla. That's how uh, Rob is going to get Godzilla through through the city. And then you have the mugger who is way out of his league trope, who uh, they get mugged, uh, Rob and, and Godzilla. And the mugger says, well, all right, pigeons, you can have it two ways. You can bleed red or green, which actually I kind of like that line. <laughs> that's, that's a line I could see myself uh, maybe, uh, I don't know, riffing on or uh, doing an homage to, but definitely not ripping it off. Uh, but anyway, it's, it's a great line. And, uh, and that Rob is disappointed because that the costume's done, you know? And so, uh, meanwhile, the adults can't find the big Z. They hope he, uh, they hope he grows so they can find him, but they also fear that he will grow because he's in the middle of New York city. I mean, this is predating the American Godzilla movie by, by decades and, uh, predating predicting, no, it really isn't doing it either. Well, it's predating, but it's not predicting. Uh, anyway, they are afraid he's going to grow. They're worried uh, about where Rob might be. And then as they're talking about all their worries, uh, they see two figures coming their way. One of those figures wearing the trench coat and bursts out of it and growls and grows a little bit. And you get a fight then. This is the fight that was promised on the on the cover. And, you know, the fight's not, not bad. Dum uh, Dum wants to shoot, uh, shoot Godzilla, but Gabe, of course, gets in the way and uh, obstructs him, even though it was just a, just a trank dart. And, and so uh, we have the sad trombone for Gabe. Um, and I would play it for him, but I'm, I'm not going to, but, uh, the sad trombone for Gabe and, and then they fight him and, um, uh, Dum Dum uses, uh, shield and spear with a trash can and, uh, uh, iron rod that he just happens to find there on the, on the pier. And you have then the, the makeshift knight versus the tiny, uh, or shrunken dragon anyway. And then it turns into a fist fight, just a straight up fist fight. And then from the fist fight, we get, you know, people go in the river and they're jumping, they're kicking. And then we get the speech, the speech from, from Rob who says, please Godzilla, don't hurt them. They're not really mean. They're just crazy Americans who don't understand that a monster doesn't have to be a monster. And, uh, then Godzilla throws Gabe into the river again and, and Godzilla takes off uh, down the pier, searching for peace elsewhere. It's, I mean, this is almost an incredible Hulk comic, uh, you know, as far as just, you know, he walks away. You almost feel like there's the sad, the sad piano music from, uh, from the Incredible Hulk TV series. Uh, as Godzilla walks away, Rob screams after him, no, Godzilla, come back. Come back. And, uh, but he, he's gone. He's gone. And this time when he leaves, he's big enough for everyone to see. And that is what, uh, actually, literally, those are, are Rob's words. How can you joke when Godzilla's lost in the city again and this time big enough for everyone to see? And, uh, you know, there's some things in this uh, story 
that make sure you know this is happening in the MC, not the MCU, that is another thing, happening in the Marvel 616 universe. Uh, and and there's all, you know, it's just the PIM particles and S.H.I.E.L.D. and all that stuff. But we haven't really, really dealt with too many of the stars of the Marvel uh, universe. But next issue, it says, get ready for a night at the museum. And no, it doesn't mean the star is going to be Ben Stiller. No, the star, it says, P.S., your congenial tour guides will be none other than the fabulous Fantastic Four. And so here we are, issue 18, and we're finally teasing a real strong step into the Marvel Universe. Uh, All things considered, um, (laughs) this is all just build up to allow uh, our our dum-dum Dugan to engage in hand-to-hand combat with Godzilla. And, I mean, they're taking advantage of this whole size thing for all that it's worth. Last issue, you know, he was the size of a rat. This issue, he comes in, he's the size of a man. And I really appreciate that. They're taking advantage of of the the conceit, of the trope. Um, next issue, I'm not sure exactly what's going to happen, but he keeps getting keeps getting taller and taller. I, I read this before. I think I've mentioned this before in in my coverage of Godzilla that I've I've read um, this run of comics before, and and this this is the only run of comics from this entire project that I am so uh, speedily <laughs> cruising through. Uh, that I've read the entire run before. No, that's not true. Why am I saying that? ROM and Micronauts I've done as well. Uh, I'm just not not thinking of them because uh, ROM hasn't started yet and Micronauts were only on issue number two, which is what's going to be uh, in the next episode of Marvel Marvel Cosmic Comics. Uh, And I do promise not to have months and months and months and months and months in between them. Um, But I can't guarantee it won't be month or month and month. But (laughs) anyway, uh, point being, that uh, I've read this entire run before, but it's been so long. It's been so long since I read it before. It's funny, though, actually, now that I think of it, uh, where we went on vacation uh, this this a couple months ago, when I got these out and started reading this again and did my first read through with for notes, uh, the place where we were staying is actually the place where years ago, so we're talking seven or eight years ago is when I, I gave this to my son to read. Uh, so seven or eight years ago it was during the summer. We were staying in the same place. And, and my son, who was, uh, he was probably nine or 10 at the time, um, he had this as one of his uh, reading materials for that, that particular uh, time that we were staying there, which is why, um, you know, the spine is, is uh, broken and this is not a mint condition uh, book by any means is because, um, you know, it was just in his bag and he was just pulling it out and reading it and enjoying it. And then I was uh, reading it uh, some, not the whole thing that time, but reading it some as well. Uh, so anyway, yeah, uh, that's, that's kind of funny. I just thought of that. Uh, anyway, yeah. Next uh, episode of the Marvel Cosmic Comics Project, I will be uh, tackling the human fly with the penultimate issue of that. And, uh, and then in a few in a little while we'll come back with uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters. We'll we'll rotate around back to that. So yeah. With all that said, then uh, thank you so much for listening. And um, you know this issue was a little bit of filler, not you know not not full of a whole lot of stuff. There's a lot of tropey stuff going on in here, but ultimately 
the reason I'm doing this is because I want to have fun reading comics. And this is, uh, once again, actually probably stepping into my, my monthly comic reads is, is going to be this as I am trying to read more comics and, uh, I'm not writing comics lately. That's, that's one thing that is, uh, not happening. I'm not writing comics right now. Rather, I'm writing audio drama stuff for supersonic pod comics. And I also just finished my third rewrite, uh, third pass through on a novel. And so hopefully I will find some people who will be able to be some beta readers for me. I'm a little nervous about that one, uh, the novel, because um, I haven't done a novel before. Uh, I, it's not true. I've written a novel before, but this is the first one that I've ever done just for myself. I, I've done a tie-in novel with a comic book series of mine that hasn't been published yet, but I think is supposed to be published soon. But this novel was just me writing a science fiction novel and having fun doing it and then looking at it and saying, oh, I had fun writing it. I don't know if people are going to have fun reading it. So I'm a little nervous about that. But anyway, um, want to get back into more regular reading of comics. And so that's, this is where I'm starting. Um, you know, of course I'm always reading the, the Walmart stuff and the, the swamp thing stuff, which you can find on a regular comic book time machine feed. But yeah. So all that said, Hey, I hope you're reading your comics and enjoying them as well. And, uh, if you're not reading comics and enjoying it, then you're doing something wrong. Uh, mainly you're reading the wrong thing. Don't hate read. Don't read stuff just so you can hate it. Find the stuff that you love. And if they aren't publishing the stuff that you love right now, find them in the back issues. And if they aren't, if you can't find it very easily in the back issues, then there, there's so many places to look and talk to, talk to your friends who read comics and, and try and find things that can bring you joy once more, because that's what this is all about. That's what comics are all about is, is a little bit of escapism and, and fun and, yeah. So thank you for listening and Godspeed. Thanks for listening to the Comic Book Time Machine's Marvel's Cosmic Comics feed. You can find more discussion of many, many more comics like Superman and Spider-Man, what Ifs and Else Worlds, The Six Million Dollar Man and Batman, comics seven days old and seven decades old, on our main feed, which you can find on iTunes or at comicbooktimemachine.com. We'd also love it if you join us on Facebook at facebook.com or on Twitter, where we are at Comic Time. Next up in the Marvel Cosmic Comics Project feed, A Gathering of Vultures. The Human Fly, issue number 18.